0: What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, because if you're serious about building job-free income, you are in the right place. This is an oldie but a goodie from the archives. We're going back to early 2016 for this one, but still very much relevant today. I'm actually going to start dropping some of these selected deep cuts into the feed for you to put them either back on your radar or introduce you to them for the first time if you weren't tuning in back then, which a lot of people weren't. So what's happening in this episode, today's show is all about what I believe is one of the fastest side hustles to get started, and that's a consulting business. And actually, as you'll hear, it begins almost as a highly specialized freelance service, but evolves into a high-value consultancy following the path that my guest Jonathan Stark lays out. Jonathan's a former side hustler turned a full-time entrepreneur. Jonathan's primary business, at least as it stood at the time of this recording, was consulting on mobile web development projects at jonathanstark.com. He also helps new consultants get their business off the ground, focusing on that zero to five grand a month phase. You can learn more about Jonathan at expensiveproblem.com. And that's what this episode is all about, finding an expensive problem that you can solve and i think that's at the heart of really any successful side hustle any successful freelance and especially a consulting business today he's going to share the path he walks his students through to come up with expensive problem service ideas validate them land their first clients and testimonials and then ultimately scale up the business to be selling your brain and not your hands If all that sounds good, you can find the notes and links for this episode at SideHustleNation.com slash expensive problem. And while you're there, be sure to download the free PDF highlight reel with all of Jonathan's top tips from this call. Ready? Let's do it.
1: Pick a really laser focused position for your business, for whatever your expertise is going to be. So it's kind of like the thing that you want to become the go to person for. And the simplest way to do that is to pick a very specific niche. Niche way down. I call it pigeonholing yourself so that, you know, you are the X for Y. You help X target market with, you know, Y. It's a very ex- specific, expensive problem. And once you do that, uh, you can sort of world opens up to you. A million options open up to you.
0: What would be an example of a, of a laser focused service like that?
1: I'm a dog lawyer. I help people whose dogs bite people you know avoid getting their getting fines or their dog getting put down that's a depressing example but uh, but that's that's a real thing like dog lawyers are a real thing that's a very specific position for for somebody another one would be i help admissions counselors increase the number of students who come to them every year Or another one could be I help pet rescues increase their online donations. So things like, you know, just super specific things like that. There's a site called Modern Soap Maker where this woman helps people who make soap on the side. build a business out of it. So it's just hyper focused. I help a specific target market with a specific expensive problem.
0: Okay, so this would be like Ben Kruger at um, Authority Engine doing like podcast editing, or or John McIntyre doing like I'm the autoresponder guy, like very, exactly. uh, very specific stuff.
1: Right. So you you want to you want to pick something that is that just clicks with people mentally, so they can immediately put you in that pigeonhole in their mind, so that even if they're not a potential customer for you now, later on they might realize that they are, they might become one, or They might know someone who's a potential customer for you. And with the way that the, you know, social and mobile and the way that everybody's connected all the time now, when you get something like that going for you, you have this word of mouth sort of viral thing that happens. It's amazing. Uh, I had one student who coaches college counselors. So people who are trying to people who help kids get into school to better schools for less money. And he just started, ta- he didn't even start marketing. So he just started talking about it. And he was randomly running into people who were like, oh, yeah, I, my mom's a college counselor. Oh, my, my brother-in-law's a college counselor. You should, guys should talk. Once you pick a really specific area for yourself, the word of mouth just happens automatically. And when you actually do some real marketing, it's just, it's just exponential. Uh, so generally, finding customers isn't really that hard. Uh, And the other thing is that if you define a very small problem space for yourself, it's really easy to create a body of work. So blog posts and podcast episodes and maybe guest posting or guests guesting on podcasts like this, where people are are just going to automatically hear about you. They're going to remember you and they're going to know exactly who you could help.
0: Okay. Do you worry about other people already competing in this space or do you say, hey, I'm going to blow them out of the water with my marketing?
1: If there are absolutely no competitors, that makes me a little bit nervous. So if I'm coach, if I was coaching someone about this and they said, I want to, I want to help dentists in Providence, Rhode Island who have, you know, less than 10 employees and their last name is Bob, you know, if, if they get too specific, then it starts to, to be counterproductive. Of course, I like to see at least some activity in the space. Uh, which makes it easier for someone who's about to go into it because they can emulate the biggest fish and really quickly move their way up the chain because it's a short chain. So uh, you can be um, almost certainly there's enough market for more than one go-to person in the in the niche. Okay.
0: Do you have an exercise or something where people are like evaluating their, their skills or their resume and saying, hey, this is something that I could tackle? Or do you look more at the market opportunity and say, well, there seems to be something in the realm of writing these autoresponder sequences. I've never done it before, but I bet I can learn.
1: Right. Uh, It's an overlap. It's It's a combination and then you try to find the overlap. My simple test for whether or not a target market is big enough is to you know, So if somebody says, oh, I want to target dentists or I want to target people who run SaaS businesses or whatever their target market is, okay. I say, okay, does that group of people have a conference that they go to every year? And if the answer is yes, then that's a good sign. If the answer is yes, there are tons of them, then that might be a little too vague. Uh, if the answer is no, then it's probably going to be a market that will be, it, it may exist, but it might be really, really hard to find those people.
0: Okay interesting if there's if there's a conference that's a good sign if there are multiple conferences that might be too big right okay uh,
1: and then in terms of how do you even pick which conferences to look for I this is gonna sound hokey but I ask people what they're passionate about so if you are uh, really into skiing just I mean you're making up a job for yourself you might as well pick something you love so if you're into skiing maybe you and you're a software developer maybe you do WordPress development for ski resorts or, you know, some, it's just to throw something out there. Okay. And you, so I'll try and get from people when we first start working together, I do almost, it's very almost psychological non-business type of conversation. It's very lifestyle focused. You know, what, what are your hobbies? What do you love to do? If you could make money at anything, what would it be? You know, real vague open-end questions like that. And I look for something where they just light up and that it's, I usually, I want to push them in that direction, even though, Oftentimes they don't see that as a money making thing, uh, but that's the thing I look for. Uh, and then other times somebody just already has a ton of street credit, something like maybe they already wrote a book on doing Ruby on Rails development or something like that. So if that's the case, then I'm going to try and uh, help them pick something where that book is still going to look like street cred. You know, I'm, I'm not going to switch them over to like you know pet grooming if they wrote a book on Ruby on Rails. I'm going to say, well. Let's maybe niche down to Ruby on Rails for dentists or something like that.
0: Okay. Generally, you're trying to target a, uh, a business-to-business customer base?
1: Yes, that is that is almost always the case.
0: Like, I'm, like you mentioned, hey, I'm going to do WordPress development for ski areas versus, you know, something, some service aimed at skiers.
1: Correct. I think the is best for a service provider to get to a place where they can really charge really good fees, like fees that are extremely comfortable, is to target businesses. And if you're targeting individuals, unless they're extremely wealthy individuals, it's going to be hard to find somebody who's getting enough value out of what you offer to extract yeah, enough yeah, yeah. value. You know what I mean? I mean, you could do it. You could say, oh, I, I do consulting on a high-end powder rooms in Beverly Hills. And like, I'm, I'm the best designer for that. You know, you could definitely do it. People absolutely do it. That's not typically what I do because I work with software developers.
0: Okay. So, so if I'm targeting a business customer and I'm working my nine to five or my eight to five, what have you found as an effective way to interface with potential clients that, that may also be working during those business hours and you're kind of on the clock for somebody else?
1: Yes. Yeah, that's, it's just all about expectations. That's just off the table. Okay. So that might limit the people that you can work with, but that's fine because if you position yourself as the expert, they're not going to care.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. How do how do I position myself as the expert? In and maybe in a in a quieter way. Like if I don't want to be parading this around, like in front of my coworkers.
1: Right. Okay. So w- let's assume that you've you you're good. You're really good at something. You know you're good at it. You know, you don't have to be the best in the world at it. You just need to be a lot better at it than the people you're going to serve. So, you know, for example, if if you want to sell web development services to web developers, you need to be great. Right. But that's not the kind of thing I'm talking about here. Let's say you totally understand how Facebook ads works and you want to help. We'll use dentists again. So you say i are getting picked on. Yeah. Dentists are like my favorite vertical Uh, they're a great one, actually, because virtually everyone knows one. So if you do something for dentists, you can basically go to a party and literally everyone at that party can recommend can introduce you to a dentist. Oh, fair enough. OK. <laughs> but any, anyway, um, so let's say you do uh, Facebook ads for dentists. You already know Facebook ads. You taught yourself that maybe you did it uh, for fun on a side project or whatever. But you just consider that you, you know a lot about it, probably more than the average dentist. Yes. And then what you do is you go to that party or you just email your friends or you, uh, you know, in some private forum, you say, hey, I am thinking about putting together a new service for dentists. Does anybody know anybody that you'd be comfortable introducing me to so I could talk to them about this business idea? And you're going to get virtually every, you know, assuming you have some friends and family, you're going to get a bunch of names. Okay. Uh, then either either you have them intro you or you reach out to the, the dentist directly and you say something along the lines of, you know, hey, I got your name from Bob, and I'm thinking about starting a new business. But before I do that, I wanted to talk to a few people like you, or experts in your field, and find out if I'm barking up the wrong tree or if this is valuable to anybody. This isn't the sales call in any way. I just want to pick your brain for 15 minutes, and uh, in exchange for that, I would love to answer any questions you might have about Facebook ads or other things that um, you know, other sorts of social media advertising. Okay. I've had some people go nuts with this and send out maybe a hundred emails like that. Had other people just send out maybe 20 emails like that. And in both cases, you get a, you get about a 10% response rate. People are generally pretty happy to help you out with stuff like this. Uh, as long as one, they believe that it's not a sales call. Right. And two, that you're not some kind of like direct competitor who's trying to find out trade secrets. About, oh, you know, what, okay. Okay. So you have to be really sensitive about those things and the kinds of questions you ask them when you get them on the phone. But assuming that you're you're sensitive to that sort of thing and and it makes perfect sense why you're asking given questions, then it's it's really not that much of a problem. So when you get them on the phone, you say, you say, Hey, you know, I in, in your mind you're thinking I have this hypothesis, I think I have this problem that would be valuable to be you know, dentists would find valuable to be solved. And you validate that without leading the witness too much. So you don't want to put words in their mouth like Hey, if I offered, uh, you know, a service where I advise you about your Facebook ads or I manage your Facebook ads for you, uh, you know, at night or whatever, then would that, would you pay for that? How much would you pay for that? Because that's too, it's too much. Um, it's it, people are either going to be nice and just say yes, or they're going to, it's going to feel weird and awkward and salesy. Uh, I prefer to, to ask questions that are more like the last time you did some advertising, how did you do it? And they'll explain some situation, you know, something or, you know, and that'll lead you to the next, you know, have you ever thought about this or have you ever thought about that? You're not putting words in their mouth, but you are directing them somewhat, at least on the topic area. So... You know, you you don't want to get on the phone call and and just come straight out with like, if you could wave a magic wand and make your dental practice better, what would it be? Because they might go off and say like, oh, if this teeth whitening stuff was cheaper then you know, that would be fantastic because it costs so much. And I can't, you know, and they'll go off for 15 minutes talking about something that there's no way you can help
0: them. (laughs) Okay, okay. So, you know, specific to your your uh, your service area or your, your hypothetical service area, like I. You know, what what kind of advertising have you done so far? What's your social media presence like?
1: Right. And literally everybody on every one of these calls, I call them market research calls. Everybody is, their hypothesis usually blown out of the water or at least blown sideways by these. And that's why they're so important. Because if you just went out and did all the work to set up a sales page for this service or... Uh, started putting together you know, a bunch of content marketing that you were going to put on an email list like a drip campaign, it would be a giant waste of time because it would turn out that the specifics of what people actually find valuable in your, expert, your expertise space is a- different than what you think. Okay. And there's another important piece is that they're going to use a bunch of words that a non-expert would use to describe the stuff that you are an expert at. And you need to get those words and put them in your marketing materials so that your perfect ideal clients will recognize the the message.
0: Oh, OK. So if they're not talking about, you know, C- CPMs and, and, you know, all these different <laughs> <laughs> jargony words, sense. they're like, I could really use more. I could really use more patience to get in my dental practice.
1: Right. Yeah. They're going to talk about, they're going to talk about their business in their business terms. And you need to get, this is the benefit of targeting a a specific market is that you pull that language that's specific to that tribe to use the Seth Godin term. And you can put that straight into your materials. So at the top of the page, when you say I help dentists with Facebook ads, they're going to read down that page and they're going to, it's going to be like, they're talking to a dentist. Like you obviously get them. It's going to be a, it's a really good trust builder, you know, from just a static, static page, or if you're doing it over email, which, you know, in this case, probably better, you know, it's, it's amazing. The difference, you get their heads nodding immediately.
0: Did you know that roughly half of side hustle nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like Okay, so I'm doing these, uh, these intro calls, um, finding out what, uh, you know, what, what the pain really is, what the, problem, what the expensive problem really is. Where, where do I go from there?
1: From there, you put together for yourself a, a couple of product descriptions, maybe just one. Uh, and it could be a productized service, something that you're planning to post with a fixed price, or you could do custom proposals for each client. It really depends on the service and how variable the scope might be. But when you're starting out, people are usually going to do custom proposals for each client. Uh, but anyway, once you once you have that little product description kind of mapped out for yourself, like in other words, the steps that would take place once the customer said, yes, I'd like to buy. And you say, OK, this is, you know, in your mind, this is what would happen. and This is how it would go. And, and this is what the outcome would be. OK. You map that out for yourself and you reach back out to You know, some time will have passed. A couple of weeks at least will have passed while you sort of go through all these calls collate all your information you create your product outline and you reach back out to the people you spoke with and you say, thank you very much for your time. It was amazing. It was amazingly helpful. And I would like to invite you to be beta tester, completely free beta tester of this service that I put together. And you have like a limited scope service where you actually help these people with this particular thing. You do it for free and you say, you know, I, all I'm looking for is feedback about the process that we go through. I would like to get your input on how much you think it's worth at the end because I am going to eventually be selling this. And if you think it went really well, I would love a testimonial. And if you can get two or three of these done, all of a sudden you know what to charge for the thing. You know where the bugs are and you've got testimonials from three customers already.
0: Okay. Well, that's, that's outstanding. I like that a lot. Then, then you turn around and, and go out to every other dentist in the country and say, Hey, these are the results that I got. Um,
1: yep you can sign here do the same you can do the same thing well okay so another thing that's going to start happening as you're talking to these dentists is in the back of your mind you're going to want to be setting up you're going to want to be getting people into an email list and you can actually start that at almost any time around the point where you've got the product description because once once you've had a few of the outreach phone call the research phone calls you're Going to know whether or not you've got your positioning right. You've got a service that could meet an expensive problem. So you're going to be pretty confident at that point. So you're going to want to start collecting email addresses. And the way that you can do that is to uh, under the radar is to set up, say, a monthly webinar where you do cold outreach or maybe you can even do sort of warm outreach through your network and say hey i'm doing a webinar next month on social media advertising for dentists it's a free webinar it's only going to take 30 minutes and you can have unlimited q a at the end so if you're interested in all at all in uh, social media marketing for dentists then you know you should totally jump on this and you can just do all this over email through introductions, through networking from friends and just getting the word of mouth out. And you'll find if people have ever done, tried this before and found that it was really difficult, it's probably because your positioning was totally vague. Like, hey, does anybody know who needs? A, does anybody know somebody who needs a website? I'm Like, yeah, like, you know, I, I have like a thousand friends in Facebook. But if somebody says, you know, do I know anyone who needs a website? I can't flip through that Rolodex and stop on anyone. Right? right. But if somebody says, Does anybody know a dentist who might be interested in s- help with social media marketing? I'll probably have three dentists and I'll probably have 15 people, if not all of them, who know another dentist. Yeah. So, dentists is, is an easy example. So, I'm kind of cheating there, but it, it is surprising. You know, the six degrees of separation is surprising. If you know who you're going after, it's really easy to find them.
0: Right. So defining that, defining who you want to help is a big part of this rather than, hey, I, I help build, you know, WordPress sites for for anyone. Yeah. Well, that's really hard to figure out who that anyone is going to be. Yes. And since
1: you brought that up, let me quickly say, because a lot of people freak out about this and they think, oh, I don't but I don't want to just work for dentists. And my answer to that is you you won't end up working just for dentists, but you're going to market to dentists. And you're going to end up getting referrals to everybody the dentist knows who's also in professional services and other people in professional services who are friends with you. It, it's going to you're going to get tons of leads from all over the place. Okay. But by targeting dentists, dentists specifically in your marketing, that's very important. Okay.
0: Now, you mentioned hey, selling your brain and not your hands, but it sounds like this is a lot of hand selling so far. Like I'm going to do I'm going to do this Facebook ads work for you. So
1: that's the start. So usually people have a hard time if they're totally starting from scratch. They are going to probably have to do some hand work.
0: That's, that's fine. We're hustlers. We're okay with that. I just. Yeah. It's you could. So, a very,
1: I'm a huge fan of offering people options, tiered options, or call it a product ladder sometimes, where when you start off with this stuff, it's just easier to do a service first, especially for your beta customers, because you don't have to create a bunch of materials and then deliver them and then find out that they're messed up. So if you're doing a service, you can kind of correct on the fly. And then at the end, you'll say, oh, that, that was, uh, but let's say you get to the end of it and you're like, wow, that's a very fixed scope that is easily repeatable. I can't imagine that a big variation in the type of dentist that approaches me would change much about that. So you could change it into a productized service for, like, say, a thousand bucks per month or something, or whatever it is. I'm just making a number up. Okay. Let's say it's a thousand bucks a month, but you know it's going to take you exactly, more or less, exactly, you know, one night a week for four weeks.
0: Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about let's talk about that pricing uh, stuff for for Mensu. I think that's an area that. Uh, I know that I've gotten hung up on and a lot of uh, other people kind of, we tend to undervalue ourselves and yeah, or, or or we say, well, you know, I earn roughly, you know, 40 bucks an hour. So why should you charge that? What do you (laughs) think on the, on the pricing side?
1: If you base your prices on your cost, which for someone who is you know, making info products or is someone who's who's doing web development. If you base your price on your cost, you're always going to be competing on price and you're always going to be sort of in that race to zero. What you need to do is base your price on the value to the customer. Okay. And it's tricky to define what that is. Like, But the way that you find it out is by asking them by having these phone calls with them. So you have these questions. And in those phone calls, one of the things you're going to find out is how bad of a problem this is for people. And that's why I call this like expensive problem. You want to find an expensive problem, not a cheap problem or a problem they don't even know they have, but you, you recognize it, but they don't know it. Uh, you want to find the ones that are really expensive. And if you find those while you're having conversations with this target market, and as you talk to them more over time, you will find them.
0: Yeah. So let's say this dental practice. Hey, we're running Uh, you comes up in conversation, well, we're running at 75% of capacity right now. You know, we have this fixed cost. We have the building, we have the hygienists here and we just have an empty chair, you know, one every one hour out of every four. And Mm -hmm. and then do you straight up say like, Mr. Dennis, how much is that costing you per year?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say it like that. I would, I would turn it around and uh, I would say, is that really a big deal or is it just bother you? Okay. Philosophically. (laughs) Okay. And they'll say, well, and, and then they may say, yeah, well, it's not that big a deal. But yeah, it just it just bugs me. It makes me it makes the other pe- other uh, patients feel like we're not that busy. So maybe we're not that good. And, you know, but if he says uh, if he or she, sh- she says something like every minute somebody's not in that chair, I'm losing 100 bucks. OK, then you're like, wow, that is a big deal. And they will say stuff like that. Yeah. So then you're like, OK. And, and if you imagine that the person you're talking to is similar to other people people like that person, or at least of, you know, practices that are, are that size. And you could say, okay, there's a lot of money to be made there, or there's not a lot of money to be made there. So I'll keep digging. And, you know, that's a, that one is sort of a, you know, you're trying to fix money that they're losing. So it's, it's sort of perceived as a, they're losing less money, but there's also the sort of more playing this game on hard mode. You want to find people who are looking for ways to grow. So this is that the chair example is them like, we're losing this money. We want to stop losing this money. Right. The, the flip side is we want to make more money. And that actually is the bigger opportunity because that's the infinite. If they're losing, if they're losing $10,000 a month, the most value you can give them is $10,000 right. a month. But, but if they want to double the size of their business and they're doing $5 million a year in revenue, that's practically infinite compared to $1,000 a month or whatever I said.
0: Totally okay. Okay. So trying to, trying to paint a big upside.
1: Yeah. Well, they'll paint it. They'll paint it. It's just a question of having the conversation and not talking about stuff like, you know, oh, well, first I'm going to log into Facebook and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. Do, 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 do. Talk about outcomes like this, you know, doing an ad campaign like this, you should expect to fill that chair. You, know, you should expect to triple your leads. Do you think you can fill that chair if you had triple the leads that you have right now? You know, because, you know, if you're doing a marketing effort, it doesn't they, they still need to execute. You know, what I mean, like you can get them leads, but that doesn't mean that, that the dentist is going to follow through and turn them into patients. If you see what
0: I mean. OK. Um, yeah. So you have, to, but, you have to be careful how you how you phrase it.
1: Yeah. You're not going to guarantee butts and seats if you don't have control over that. So if I'm doing Facebook ads, I can't guarantee that those people are going to come through the door. But I can guarantee that you know, he'll, you know, whatever I can, I can, based on my expertise, I can guarantee or comfortably guarantee that there's going to be a quadruple number of whatever signups to his thing, or he likes to his page or emails in his email list, okay. whatever the, whatever the call to action is for the, the Facebook ad.
0: Okay. Yeah. Whatever, whatever metric you, you want to track is the, as the deliverable.
1: Right. And don't spend your time talking about how you're going to do that. It's more about what the dentist wants done okay, and say, okay, yeah, that, I can do that. And that's where you get away from the having to do stuff during, you know, at, at, at 1 PM on a Monday, because it's about the goal and the outcome and not when or what you're doing. Right, right, right.
0: In this example too, it's, you're setting yourself up for a recurring opportunity because it's like they're, you know, they're not going to want to, you know, dump a bunch of leads in and then turn off the funnel. Most likely they want to keep that, keep that wheel spinning.
1: Correct. And the other thing that's going to happen is that you're going to see opportunities for uh, info products that are lower touch, if that's a common term. Uh, So if you have a a low touch product is something that is more like an info product where the the client can basically self-service.
0: Okay, so it would be like, I'll teach you, you know, buy my buy my book and I'll teach you how to uh, do the Facebook ads yourself.
1: Right. So i w- I'd probably do a video course. So like once you've done the service a few times, then do like a video course because you can charge more for a video course than you can for a book. Okay. Uh, so that's probably the next thing I would do. And then I would have like a, a Mercedes option, I usually call it, which would be a very high touch service. This would probably be the thing that I would position and sort of say to myself, okay, when I sell one of these, that's when I'm going to quit my day job. Okay. So you've got like, let's say you've got, a, let's say you've got, these are probably unrealistic numbers, but let's say you've got this Facebook ads, you're this Facebook ads expert, and you're doing this service that you do part-time at night and you're making a thousand bucks per client per month and you can handle like four of them. So, all right. So you've got four of them, you're doing it for a few months, you're making a few grand a month, and you're getting really like you thought you were an expert before, but now you are really an expert. You're seeing what the results are. You're getting testimonials from people. You've got actual numbers. Maybe you've got a case study. Now you put together two things. You put together probably a video product beneath it that is a do it yourself. If you want to do this yourself, here it is for three ninety-nine. dollars you know, eight hours of video or however long it should be. Okay. And then you've got like a top tier thing that's like $10,000 a month for me to hold your hand. And and meet you at one o'clock on a Monday and that sort of thing, and wait for that ten thousand dollar one to sell. Somebody comes along and they say, Yeah, I want to do it. And you're like, Okay, I can start in two weeks. And then you go into your boss's
0: office. Okay, okay. So kind of that three that three tiered uh, pricing structure. I like that. Small, medium, and large.
1: Right. I would eventually do one. I would eventually do a book under the you know maybe a forty nine dollar book underneath the underneath the videos.
0: Okay, but not not a priority. First priority. Um, do we get, getting on these intro calls, figuring out what the problem is.
1: Yep. Once you're confident that you've got a good positioning and you believe that there's an expensive problem, then beta test the product and then. Again, if we're trying to fly under the radar, then I would start doing private outreach to people to uh, jump on a webinar, which means they're going to give you their email address. uh, Because the whole, I mean, the whole exercise is about building trust. The more trust you have with your target, the target market has in you, the more you can charge. Yeah. Full stop. Right, right, right. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of a product called Join Me, which is just straight, plain old screen sharing software that's just incredibly easy to use and very inexpensive. Yeah. And just use like drip to capture the emails and then send out a countdown campaign when leading up to each month's webinar. And then you've always got this thing to invite people to. It's this free thing, no obligation. Just give me your email address and I'll send you an invite. And uh, you just have this going and get clients in every month. And you just build the trust, build the trust. Don't sell, don't sell, don't sell. Just educate, educate, educate. Once you have them on your email list, educate, educate, educate. And the email list. And before you know it, you'll have all the content you need for that $49 book because it'll, you'll have written it all in your email campaign.
0: If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty Do you worry about, so I, I can kind of hear the objections, like if I if I spend all this time educating, is there going to be anybody left who wants to buy from me?
1: The people who are just going to do it yourself would never have been good customers anyway because those are the people who have more time than money. So the people you want are the, the ones that have more money than time. Okay. So as you're as you're climbing up the value chain, the main thing that you need to be building is trust. And the way to do that is to constantly be giving people get ROI. So if you give me your email address, I need to give you something back that bet that your email address was worth. Sure. If you're going to if you're going to not delete my emails, if you're going to read my email and give me that 10 minutes, I need to give you something that made that 10 minutes worth it. So every single time they have an interaction with you, it's they get beneficial ROI. And that's just going to generate trust. And then once once you have that trust and you're this go-to person like you'll just be the only person they think of. Every time they meet another dentist, like they made it they go to a convention of dentists and they say, Hey, you gotta get this guy. You know, he's just like amazing with Facebook ads. He's transformed our business. When you get a lead like that, then it I mean, it's off to the races.
0: Okay. I gotcha. All right. I think I think some dentists are, are gonna get some calls after this episode. <laughs> dentists are a great market. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining me. It's expensiveproblem dot slash side hustle. And we'll wrap it up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation.
1: Pick a focus, you know, position yourself smaller than you think. So don't be a generalist, be a specialist. And that'll allow you to create a body of work and all the other stuff we just talked about.
0: Sounds good, man. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, I hope you got some uh, helpful information and he ideas out of that conversation with Jonathan Stark. Now, over at slash side hustle, Jonathan has put together a bunch of cool resources, no opt in required, including some, some more details on the benefits of pigeonholing and his market research cold email template. So good stuff over there. And of course, all the notes and links from this conversation, from this episode, along with a free PDF highlight reel download are available to you at sidehustlenation.com slash expensive problem. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.